are Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Flames. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Head on over to the App Store today to check out the fantastic sports audio app. And today I am joined by one of my Twitter friends who is so incredible at what she does and is just, she's, she's kick ass. So let me introduce you all to Claire. Claire, how are you today? Hi, I'm good, Jess. Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> oh my goodness, of course. Now, I I feel like I've followed you on Twitter for a long time, um, but tell, so I know what you're all about, but tell the my audience what you're all about. <laughs> yeah, so I'm an undergraduate um, data analytics student, and I've been interested in sports analytics for a very long time. Um, and I don't know. I just, I, I'm really excited to get into the professional world and like the sports industry, but I'm a Bruins fan too. So like, that's probably, you know, my best, you know, what I, what I know the best. So I don't know. I, I know this is a flames podcast. Oh no, that's listen, okay. I'm, we talk, okay. about <laughs> we talk about the Bruins on here all the time. It's fine. <laughs> I'm um, sure you talk about Brett Ritchie so much. I'm sure you have plenty to talk about. Yeah, that. no, yesterday's episode yeah. was literally just me screaming about Brett Ritchie. It, I don't know if anybody <laughs> actually listened to it, but it was very therapeutic for me. <laughs> I feel like that's what matters. <laughs> um, so what, what draws you to sports analytics? Because I feel like people are either like in love with like the advanced stats or they're like, get that away from me. I just want to mm-hmm. know about points and plus minus and maybe time on ice if we're lucky yeah the divide is strange and it's definitely frustrating but for me what drew me in is like I don't know I'm just someone who really likes answering like asking questions and answering questions like I I've always been interested in science and obviously um sports analytics is like the pretty much like the scientific part of sports um and I, I've always just really been interested in like asking questions about like what goes on in games and like, honestly, what goes on, even if you're talking about like, just, um, you know, like personnel in general, like I, I've always just been interested in asking those questions. And like, you know, once you get into sports analytics, you can actually start answering them. Yeah. Um, That's really, yeah. Cool. And it's definitely frustrating the other divide. <laughs> Yeah. And like actions and you see people who are in the game, like Pierre Maguire, who mm-hmm. has <laughs> this weird hate for analytics, but can tell you every fun fact about a player. Yeah. I mean, my thing with Pierre Maguire is that he just doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure that like, I honestly, I respect people who like, don't, agree that like analytics work but you have to know what they are first and like I feel like a lot of the people that detract analytics do not understand them which is the most frustrating part right and like as somebody who didn't understand like what PDO and Corsi and uh Fenwick men I was confused I took five minutes out of my day to like look it up and I was like oh okay like this makes more sense 
And, um, you know, unfortunately, there are going to be people out there who just don't appreciate the work that you and many other people out there do. And I, I was just going to say, I, the biggest thing I feel like people don't understand, and I, I, this is frustrating for me because it, it's kind of hard to explain, but um, people expect analytics to be able to like answer all your problems, which is like, yes, it's a tool that can help you do that. But like, if you're sitting there and you're trying wonder like like if analytics tell you that a player like isn't good at zone entries or whatever and you're sitting there and they're like how do I fix this like analytics can't really tell you how you're going to fix it that's the role of the coach and I think that's why people are always like what are players going to do with analytics it's like well really they they can't do much with analytics and that's not a detraction against analytics that's just like people don't understand what it's actually supposed to do so they think it's bad right Um, you can't use analytics to go out and like figure out a way to get your player to get better at zone injuries or take more shots or whatever you have to actually be able to coach that or like teach it Mm -hmm. but um people don't realize that the role of analytics is to actually help you identify the problem in my honest opinion that's how I think of it like I think of it as like a good benchmark because I want to (laughs) know if I'm you know doing bad in one of my classes I can just log on and see my grade percentage for that point brett ritchie should be able to have a database with some sort of too bad he doesn't have a grade center yeah like you know he has to prove himself a little bit but you know like there everybody deserves to have that kind of progress report if you will um and also you do a little bit of writing right yeah yeah i do i i I write for my school um and I started writing for the hockey writers you are just doing it all and you have a very bright future ahead of you Miss Claire where can we find you on social media if you would like to share that you don't have to if you don't uh yeah no I mean Twitter obviously like biggest thing um my handle is I feel like I should spell it instead of say out loud it's Claire or knock like it's a blend of Claire and pasta not because you know why not um, I love it. C-L-A-I-R-E-N-A-K. Um, but yeah, I'm just on Twitter, um, mostly just ranting about the Bruins. That's basically what I talk about. And then, you know, I'll talk about like, I've been trying to do more um, uh, like inquiries about sports analytics because I'm still an undergrad student. But, mm-hmm. but so most of my projects and things have been for school. Um, but I really want to start doing my own independent work soon. So that's my goal. I was just going to ask you, um, I feel like a lot of those player cards are sort of really popular and helpful because it's just, you know, an easy visual. Is that something that you would maybe put out someday? Yeah. I mean, player cards are hard because like when you look at something um, that is literally like this person is in this percentile for offense and in this percentile for defense, like there are, there's so much stuff that goes into like factoring that. And the fact that it's like over the course of three years, like those player Mm -hmm. cards that we see all the time on Twitter, those are over the course of three years. So um, they're very hard. The metric that they're using to calculate like this player is in the 90th percentile for offense or whatever. That's like a very difficult metric to calculate. And you can create your own metrics to do those things. So like one person might have metric A that calculates a player's effectiveness on offense with like these uh, variables or factors. And then I might create a metric that is supposed to do the same thing, but I use different you know, factors. That's so cool. Like I am not a math person at all. You throw letters in there when, 
throw the alphabet in there, forget about it. Like I can't do it, but I really do appreciate the work that a lot of you guys are doing and making it easy to digest because I just, there's some of it out there that I'm just, I get a headache when I look at it and I get overwhelmed and I'm just like, nope, I, I'm all set. Speaking of actually, no, that's like not a good segue, but it's fine. Like uh, speaking of metrics and analytics, there are actually a, there's a fantastic analytics department in Seattle mm, and yeah. um, just absolutely incredible. And we do have the expansion draft coming up in, it's coming up. <laughs> yeah. Soon. I'm, I'm like blocking it from my mind because I'm so nervous right? about it. So what are your um, predictions? If you have any, like, do you think who the Bruins might leave unprotected, who who they might leave protected, anything like that. So I think the defense is pretty much obvious. Like the Bruins, like we know that we're going to protect like Carlo McAvoy, Grizzly. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then for forwards, it's, I think what I've heard and I'm not sure I totally, well, no, I guess I sort of agree with it is that it's between Trent Frederick, Nick Ritchie and Jake DeBrus to be left unprotected. My prediction is that it's going to be Nick Ritchie. Um, I think a lot of people want it to be Jake DeBrusque. I don't want it to be Jake DeBrusque, though. So, no. um, But, yeah, I think it might be Nick Ritchie, which is, you know, like you don't want to lose him. I think they're going to do that just because he's um, – he kind of dropped off at, towards the end of the season, um, and it took him a really long time to get going in the first place. He had a pretty bad season with his first – his first season with the Bruins wasn't that great. So are you um, telling and it, me that the Richie brothers might not be good at hockey? <laughs> it's a little, it's weird because if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, Nick Richie is the highest draft pick on the Bruins right now. Am I right? Yeah. Or maybe, no, Taylor Hall. Oh yeah. But he's technically yeah. a free agent, so he didn't count. Yeah. And it's funny because Nick Richie and Pasta were drafted the same year, I believe. 2014 yeah I think you're right so I know yeah that's that's just weird to check me. That, but yeah but like yeah the fact that like Nick Ritchie went higher <laughs> well yeah I know like just in general I mean oh my gosh I mean like I I was a fan of Nick Ritchie so I wasn't a fan of the fact that they traded for him and originally because yeah. I was a big Dan as an analytics person of course I had to be a Dan Hines supporter um naturally no uh so I didn't really like that trade but he he like won my heart eventually um and then he disappeared in the playoffs so I have mixed feelings about like leaving him unprotected I didn't think he was that bad um I just didn't really think he fit in to be honest yeah um, I, I think fair. he was I think he he made the bottom six better um but I don't really know if he's the right person to be on like Coyle's line yeah and I really don't think he should be on the fourth line I Um, I don't know how that's my opinion about it's it's dicey (laughs) um I I wrote recently about Charlie Coyle and he he had a really bad season um like I, I it's worse when you look at his previous seasons yeah. um because when you like I I if one of the things that was craziest to me talking about percentiles actually is that he was in like the 98th percentile for defense in like 2019 or 2020 oh I don't remember which year and then this past season he like dropped to like the 16th percentile 
Um, wow. He went from really good to really bad. Like, I've, I don't think I've ever seen something that drastic. Um, and that's just crazy. Like, he, I don't know if it was all the injury, but the, he, he was consistent, relatively consistent before this season. So something had to have been different this year. It might have been the injury. But with that being said, I feel like the bottom six can be better next year. It's just that they don't currently have the players yet. They might be able to get them, but I have no idea who those players will be. So, Definitely. And like I've been looking, I draw comparisons to the Bruins a lot on this podcast because there are a lot of situations where they mimic each other and the bottom six is very similar. And I don't know about numbers wise or anything like that, but just how ineffective they were uh, over the course of this shortened season. And it just was mind blowing to me that, you know, that bottom six for the Bruins that was powerful. And so like really carried them through the uh, cup run in 2019. They had an identity. I mean, that's really what it was. And I just don't know what it was this year. And like the bottom six for the Flames last year uh, before the pause was good. Like they weren't anything to, you know, really write home about, but it wasn't an issue. Um, Yes, maybe throwing Zach Ronaldo out there is an issue, but that's something (laughs) that we can just unpack another time. Um, But I think you said it best that, you know, both of them need an identity and looking at what's out there on the free agent market. I don't know (laughs) what, what can be done for them. Yeah. That's, that's the tricky thing. It's like when you're like, Oh, this line doesn't have a good identity. We need to get new players. It's like, well, you really won't know if it's going to work until you actually see those players playing together because chemistry and identity are not something you can just like, you know, understand right away. Um, Like you might see, you know, oh, this player, I mean, you can look at analytics for that stuff, which is another thing that I think people undervalue is like, you can look and see like, you know, do these players have complementary playing styles? And that's going to be a huge thing. But personally, I don't think like front offices are there yet. I I know I've always, I'm very critical of Don Sweeney. um, And I, I kind of wish that maybe his vision about like especially bottom six players was a little different um we've seen a lot of hidden misses yeah uh, yeah so I, I don't really trust him entirely to go out and make this like you know great move to get someone who's gonna help the identity of a line because that's pretty complicated I feel like the strongest third line that they had going for them was um oh my goodness Bjork Coil and Heinen at one yes. point. That was that, such I a miss good that line. line. I miss it so much. Right? And then people were like, oh, I can't wait to get rid of Danton Heinen and like whatever. And it's like, no, he was fantastic on the power play just because he wasn't in like offensively like dominant or anything like that doesn't mean that he yeah. wasn't a crucial member to the team. And I think that that's something fans need to remember when they're looking at something. You know, that player is on the ice, especially on special teams, for a reason. Mm-hmm. And he was best away from the puck, and that's really under that's really undervalued. Like, you're, of course, he's not going to score that much because his best work is, like, 
you know, cutting off passing lanes from, for the other team or like creating space somewhere else so that the player with the puck can do something significant. And mm-hmm. no one, of course, no one's going to notice him doing that. Um, no. And that really frustrated me. I, I miss that line so much. And I feel like they worked well with Boyle, who it's someone that needs players to get him going. I, I don't think he needs to be like carried by his teammates, but I do think that I, um, yeah. it's really hit or miss with his teammates. I was going to say, I don't think that, um, like you said, he needs to be carried, but he needs someone to give him a push to mm-hmm. get started. And that's kind of how I feel about Sean Monahan. And both right. yeah. had injuries this season, and it was hard to really gauge their talent and their ability. And you just kind of saw them, like little flashes of them throughout the season. It wasn't anything significant. And it, I don't know. I mean, as a Bruins fan, like I watched all the games, like I do watch those games as more of a fan rather than critically like I do with the Flames. But right, yeah, there was never a moment where I was like, OK, this is what's going to get Sean Monaghan going or even for Charlie Coyle. I was like, OK, now he's going to go on another goalless streak or whatever it may be. Yeah, it was very unpredictable. And speaking of streaky players, Jake DeBrusque. It's a hot topic right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the, I mean, it's kind of been talked about um, amongst Calgary fans. Um, I don't want to say, oh, I'm the one that put him on their radar. But like I, I did talk about him a little bit. Um, I just, I don't know. I think that he has seen his time in Boston and he has kind of, you know, done all he can for the team. And it stinks. Yeah, I love him. I think he's fantastic. I do too. Yeah, he's and good. I, I've always been the biggest Jake DeBrus defender, but I can't deny that he really blew it these playoffs because he started out. It, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, he had like two goals in the first two games of the playoffs, and people were expecting these playoffs to be like his redemption mm-hmm. after such a horrible regular season, and then it just kind of faded. And that was really disappointing um, because I I felt like he had kind of rotated through the entire lineup and you know he was given to be fair I really don't like him on the right wing and I don't know why they insisted on doing that hey y'all sorry to interrupt it's Jess here just popping in to talk to you about Built Bar Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there I bring them to me with the gym to work to my in-laws house when I need a snack because you know sometimes you do get a little hungry and I am very guilty of getting hangry so in order to curb that hunger and hanger make sure you order some built bars built bar is uh you know keto friendly low in fi sorry low in sugars high in fiber high in protein my goodness maybe i should have had a coffee today head on over to built.com and use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off of your next order at built.com that's promo code locked at built.com. Um, but he did get a chance at left wing and he didn't really do anything with it. And that was kind of disappointing. I don't know if there's a way to have him on a line without Coil because I really don't think that him and Coil have any chemistry. No. Um, I could be wrong. I mean, honestly, when Jake DeBrus had like his, you know, bright spots of the season, I feel like they were on Coil's line, but it was like so rare that it just for all the time, for all the amount of time that he had on that line, and they most of the time it was it was garbage. 
Um, so I don't know if it's possible to have Jake DeBrusque and Charlie Coyle on the same line, like effectively. And if not, where is Jake DeBrusque going to go? Right. So, Which, I mean, you got to kind of look at it that way. Like yeah. Charlie Coyle's there long-term. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. So, and, and DeBrusque, you're paying him like, I, I think, what is his contract? Three million. I, I think it's somewhere in the range of three million. And yeah. if you put him on the fourth line, like you really want to pay three million for a fourth liner. I just, I don't know. Um, and it makes me sad because. Yes, Jake DeBrus would be on the fourth line would be a massive overpayment. And that would be, I think, yeah. such a fall from grace for him. And he's only like, what, 24? He's 24. Yeah, like, which is on, he's 24, which is still young. So the, that's why I personally think that he deserves like one more chance. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he's going to be given that chance, um, but it, I don't. The other thing I, I, I've always said about Jake DeBrus is I think he runs the locker room and a lot of his teammates have said that. Um, talk about identity. I mean, like in team chemistry, I, he's very people don't realize how important he is to that. Um just because he's not a veteran um so maybe you try to fit him in on the fourth line maybe but um I just I don't really see where he's gonna fit in if the third line doesn't work out the fourth line is kind of a weird fit so I don't know what what's gonna happen with him yeah I just that is something he's kind of becomes a new Bjork in the sense of where is he gonna play if he can't do anything with, you know, do what you can and get rid of them sort of thing. But, um, all right, we will wrap this up. Do you have your winners and losers of the week? Uh, yeah, I do. All right. So Where, winners first. Yeah. Let's start first? with the winner. All right. Well, winners obviously are the Cape Cod people that got to see Matthew Kachuk today. I'm so jealous of them. He's on <laughs> Cape Cod. I guess he's playing golf there. All of my like Twitter mutuals are freaking out because they all live on Cape Cod, I guess. And I'm just sitting here in like mainland Massachusetts right. being jealous. Uh, so good for them, them. Yeah. and good for him. Yeah. <laughs> I want Cape Cod right now. Uh, I'm so jealous of everybody that's like, yeah, I'm going down to my Cape house. I'm like, oh, yeah, me too. Me too. Must, <laughs> my invite must have gotten lost in the mail. It's okay. <laughs> no big deal. Um, my winner of the week is Montreal. Uh, not necessarily the Canadians, <laughs> because they're getting the cup because it needs repairs. Um, because, really? Yeah, because of my loser of the week, um, which is the Stanley Cup, because it's been dented. It, I don't, and I get it, like everybody's like, show some respect. Okay, Jordan Bennington's girlfriend literally sat in the cup and like, yeah, yeah, she like aired may her. Or may not have. We don't know if she peed, but we don't know. Yeah, allegedly, please don't sue me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, Gronk literally dented the Super Bowl trophy. Somebody threw a beer can at the World Series trophy and broke it. Yeah. So trophies, yeah, are losing. Who's your yeah? Loser? And the Stanley Cup is is a repeater, uh, repeat cup. It's not like you make a new trophy every right. year so it's handled so much stuff right like it it's okay I promise yeah no one's gonna die because the cup's dented yeah. but anyways <laughs> uh all right my loser of the week is me and I'll explain why <laughs> oh no <laughs> um my 
Okay, the reason why is because I started binge watching this show. This just doesn't have to do with sports. I'm just, I need to rant about it. Yes. Um, I started binge watching this show called Vikings. Everyone knows who it, what it is. Um, and I had to stop watching it because it got so depressing and it actually like made me so sad. I was like, I, I had to stop watching it. I was like almost to the end of the show. Like there's six seasons. I got to like, you know, the first five episodes of the sixth season or whatever. And I just stopped watching. I was just, you've got to be kidding me. Oh my I, God. I, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but it was so maddening. It was so frustrating and it was so tragic and I had to stop. <laughs> I, okay. Like I don't blame you there because I feel like that happens with some shows. I think that the writers just kind of get carried away and they're like, oh, it's the yeah. last season. We can just do whatever we no, want. They're trying to make it like so epic. I can tell what they're doing. They're trying to make it so epic because it's like a long show and it is like a very epic show. Like it is, it, it was a really good show, but um, I even just tell they were trying to make it have this like really emotional ending and, but they, they just overdid it. Way too but like, much. they didn't need to make it that way. They didn't need to. I had this favorite character. Um, and like, just imagine your favorite character having like the most tragic, like torturously unfair ending to his character arc. And that was why I stopped. <laughs> I don't blame you. So I, I'm sure that there are people out there who may or may not have watched the show that might know which character I'm talking about. But um, yeah. <laughs> Now I kind of want to watch the show just to like guess be disappointed. Yeah. No, it's it's frustrating because I thought the fifth season was so good. Um, and then it just like it just completely unraveled. I don't even think it was like bad. It was just too much. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, I I was very upset because I had been binge watching that show like that. I had been spending hours of each day watching that show for the past like three weeks or whatever just had to stop well hopefully you find a new show because there's nothing worse than just not having a new show to binge watch after you finish exactly, one. yeah so thank you so much for coming on today i greatly yeah, appreciate you, it oh my goodness of course you're always welcome to come back um do you want to yell out your twitter again so everybody can follow you yeah. and roast barstool with us yes please i so my at is like Claire Knock, and I feel like I should spell it out. It's C L A I R E N A K. I think I spelled that right. I think. Um, yeah, I think I did. <laughs> but it's yeah. I, I don't even know if me saying it out loud makes any sense. So yeah, that's my at on Twitter. And then I'll tag you in this episode, so it'll on Twitter, and then people can be like, "Oh, I like this girl." Click and follow. <laughs> Please follow her. She's great. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, and I'm sure I'll have you on again soon. 